This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, okay, so, I, like usual, I'd like to learn something on Hanukkah that will give us some depth in Hanukkah. Um, the Sefer I'm learning from is Or Yo, we've, we've learned it many times. Or Yo is Rabbi Yeshua, who was, in many ways, the first American product um, to, to sort of to be Adam Gadol. Um, he was somebody who had a hand, both of a major Talmud Chacham and also a lot of. Um, a, he had a big hand in Hasidus and in Machshava, and was able to give it actually in a way that that was understandable by a lot of people, accessible. So I like his pieces a lot. We've done a few of them over the years, different nyanim, and this is a piece on Hanukkah. We'll do the piece on page sixty-six, Bayes. So in the in the in the um, in in Mo's sur we say migdalai that the Yivanim came and they breached the walls of my fortifications, towers, fortifications, which could be just kind of a poetic expression of somebody who has made serious inroads, uh, dented Kalyasol, etc. So he compares it to a Mishnah, and he says the following. The Mishnah says, It says, The Midos is a Mesechte Mishnayis that maps out the Beis HaMikdash, and it has the different walls, and it's a sort of ascending order in Kedusha. So you have the outside walls, Sorig means like a lattice work that was tall ten tfachim. That's not quite very tall. There were thirteen breaches in that in in that Sorig. that the kings of Yavin had breached, the and they were um, fixed. And then they were goza thirteen hishtachavos, meaning um, they would bow thirteen times at each one of these breaches to sort of um, rectify what they had done. That's a mishnah in midos. Now, whenever you have a number like that. Um, an event like that. It doesn't seem to us a significant event. Yes, they had come and they had um, they had broken into Yerushalayim and so on, but 13, exactly 13 breaches, is that very significant? The fact that it wasn't that wall in particular, you obviously, to get to an inner wall, you had to somehow get through the outer wall, so they must have done some damage there as well. And then to mark that, that always when you'd walk by, you'd have to bow over there. Is there a reason why that happened? So he says like this. The Tosyonta points out, so Tzayyantiv says the, the significance of the Sorig was that Goyim were allowed to daven in Beis Hamikdash; they were allowed to come and bring korbanis. 
they had to stand. Chazal made Chachamim uh, made a, a, a line when that was the Sorek that said Goyim can only come up to this point, and from this point onwards, it's Tafka the Jews. It was that particular one, Partsu Hayavanim Yudgimel Pertzis. So obviously, this was a point of contention. Now, let, let's think a little bit about it. Um, today, it's kind of obvious segregation is a terrible thing, and segregating Jews from Goyim, that would be why. So they sort of broke that down. Now, if they really wanted to, they could have become Jewish. If they're so eager to come to Shul to Davin, so they could become Jewish. There was some, some, and it wasn't as if it's another thing, for instance, if let's say the, the dominant society is Jewish, and you're trying to get in, and you can't because the Jews don't let you, okay, I, I understand that also. Yevon was, 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 was an empire. Um, Judea was a province. Uh, it was a nice province. It wasn't particularly fantastic. The Yevonim didn't live there. So, so to come, and there was some special point of contention that Chazal trying to point out. And that point of contention expressed itself in those pierces. What is it? So he says like this, Ki Yevonim hiskimu she'ebeis ha'migdash the Ivanim had a problem with this concept of the Kedushas Habayas being, um, being restrictive, being something that um, wasn't all-inclusive. That was their problem. The difference between Israel and other Umos. That was the point that they were especially annoyed with. That's why they especially, they made a point of breaching the Soreg, which sort of symbolized th- that line of demarcation between Kali and Olam. So that sort of seems to be a statement. You can come to Reis HaMikdash, you can offer prayers, but you're not innately a citizen of it. You, you, you're not part of it. So um, let, let's understand a little bit about this point over here. He, he will elaborate on it later on, but I, I would like to, to speak about it first, and therefore we'll, we'll get to it. Um, let's think a minute about the, 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 of all the enemies we faced, Yavan was a um, was the one that was closest to what Kaisrol um, symbolized. Um, they were intelligent people. They searched for truth. They searched for meaning. They searched for many of the things that we search for. And as opposed to to Nebuchadnezzar, um, who was arrogant and and out just for power, so to Rome. Um, Paras was extremely crass and material. Yavan is the one that's really closest to us. And, and like always, when something is very close, sometimes there's a lot of friction, and the contrast stands out a lot more strongly. 
So what was the contrast? They, they, they were close enough and they were similar enough. What's the, what's the issue? So I'd like to make, and, and again, I'm borrowing from what he says later on because I think it's helpful to, ha- to understand beforehand. Um, Aristotle did a lot of thinking about God. And he came up with a, an image, uh, I, I don't mean a physical image, but he came up with a concept of God as a prime being and so on. And, the, and, and in certain ways, not dissimilar from our understanding as far as you know, him, his, his transcending um, figure and so on and so forth. The, the great distinction was in picturing who we are and who God is. Let's, let's, let's understand what we mean over here. If I take an atom bomb, it is incredibly powerful, far more powerful than I am. But when I sit and study it and understand how it works, in a certain sense, I'm the master of it. I have discovered how it works, I can explain it, I can play with it, it starts with me. I'm the center. My understanding is the center, and my mind can understand it, process it, and so on. Um, so when Greece put the human mind um, as the center of the world, it basically said, we understand, and if we think hard enough, we can understand whatever it is to understand about God. It has nothing to do, understanding God has nothing to do with God. It has to do with me. So, uh, so if I'm smart, I can think a lot. Maybe I won't know everything. But at the end of the day, knowledge, understanding, grasp starts with me. It's, it's, and, and in a certain sense, that's the world of academia. A person, if you think, you have the world between your two temples. That's where the world is. We have an extremely, extremely different uh, sense of it. There's HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he allows himself to be understood by wherever he wants it. And what's required is a closeness. So in order for me to be privy to God and understanding then I need to be close to him. Just like if, 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 what, if, if whatever I have, I give only to the people that seek my closeness, my close friends, the relationship is understanding, understanding comes from God, and therefore I need, it, it's a direct result of that relationship. I don't just mean a siyat Well, Hashem is there, He has all the power, so, so if He wants to, then Hashem I cease to think. If He wants to, my brain is on steroids, and I know and understand more. It's not like that. It's just like when I have a very close friend, and I want to say, I know my friend, I understand my friend, it's a, it's a function of my friend allowing me in. You know, it, there's, there's, like a, there's a, a certain person who's a, a sort of an all-knowing psychologist, and I sit and examine this person and everything about him, but then there's a relationship where somebody opens up to me because I'm close to him and so on. 
we understand that anything within this world, maybe, um, Akash Baruch Hu gave us freedom to understand and to analyze. We, we, it's part of our Bechira and ability to do things. But when we turn to Akash Baruch Hu, the human mind is a product. It's not a master of it. So, so we have a radically different um, approach, and it's in everything. The Yavanim didn't feel the word... Hashem was not a personable entity. It was a fact. It, it, it was like an equation. It, it was something that existed and, and, and produced the world. But to say that it connects didn't, didn't mean anything. And therefore, the only thing that to me exists is my understanding. My mind, my understanding. I take HaKadosh Baruch and put him under my microscope and use my brain and I'm able to understand as much of it as is possible. Our understanding is HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a being and he allows, his, he allows humans to connect and connect means by understanding and therefore it's how close I am versus how smart I am. That picture means that only the people that choose to be close to him. The difference between Klal Yisrael and other nations is not absolute. Anyone can pick himself up and join Klal Yisrael if he accepts the obligations and, 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 what, and, and what entails to be Jewish. If, if a person does that, then he has the same, then he's like Klal Yisrael. But until he does that, he's not the same. And a person who doesn't particularly seek HaKadosh Baruch in the way that we seek, then it's fine. Go your way, I go my way. But you don't belong inside. There was a bone of contention between us and Yavin. And that's why they made, they broke through and they said, this is rubbish. God is an idea, it's a concept. The, the person who's bright enough, understands enough, which is us, we're there. And that's it. So he says like this, So what is these hashtachavos about? What are these bowing? So, on the surface you can say, it's, it's a form of thank you, that we're victorious and so on. These 13 hashtachavos are um, a parallel to the 13 meters of Rachmim. So he says like this Yud Gimel Midas Rachmim are the 13 um, attributes of God that we mention on Yom Kippur, on special days of Tainus, whenever we misspell for some special Rachmim. And we say Hashem, Hashem, Kel Rachum, Vechanun, and so on. The Gemara says that there's a mitzvah Valachta Bidrachov. Valachta Bidrachov means that besides doing wonderful mitzvahs, as the Shacharach says, there's a general mitzvah to emulate God, to imitate God. Mahu afato, like him, so to you. And the, the phrases that they use, Mahu rachum afato rachum, Mahu chan afato yechanun, are a reflection of these middles. 
So if we're to ask ourselves, what are these 13 Midos? They are expressions of how Hashem interacts with the world, and we need to be like it. I want to explain why that is, and, and what he's driving at. Um, what is this mitzvah to be like God? Can we ever become personally God-like? The answer is obviously not. We're flesh and blood, and we'll never... I mean, we're not talking about reaching a level where we are God. So what is the point of imitating Hashem? What's the point of it? The point of it is... Let's give an example. Imagine somebody has a child... And they want to have a close relationship. And this child is into music, very musical. The father is not terribly into music. But he'll make an effort to get into that world so they can connect to the child. A, 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 a person is interested in marrying somebody, and that person has uh, um, you know, something that occupies their person. So even if it's not natural to me, I will make an effort... To, 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 to get into that world because I want to connect. In other words, we connect with people that are similar to us. A person who is very different, I can say hello, hello, but th- there's no connection. Mahu afata makes the who, the him, and the at and the you close enough. So the purpose of imitating Akarish Baruch Hu is not. Um, so that we ourselves become on a very high madrega, because we'll never, I mean, that's, that's not, that's, it's even kind of unspeakable to say we will be godlike in that sense. But we will be godlike so that the world that is the divine and our world will resonate with each other. It, it's, it, it, it's, it's like when, when, whenever you have. And whenever you, if you whistle at a certain pitch and something resonates to that, even if it's standing across the room, it'll resonate with that. We will not resonate with Hashem if our world has no connection to His Midas. If our personal world has a, a, a roughness to it, it has a, a, a um, insensitivity, whatever is the opposite of Rachum Khanan and, and Erech Apayim, if, if, if our world is not like that, then we'll never connect with Hashem. We can reach whatever perfection we have can reach in us, but connect with Hashem we can't. So those Yud Gimel, that, that, that number of Yud Gimel, he says, has overtones of that Mahu of Ata, of, of, of those Yud Gimel Midas. Upirish Rashi, Voloshen van Veyu Anivahu, Ese Atzmoi Kimoisoi, Lizdabik Bidrachov. Where do we learn that a person is supposed to be like Hashem? It says, Ze keli This is my God, and I will beautify him, beautify myself, anivahu. So, so Rashi says, I will make myself like him in order to, to be able to cling to him, to cleave to him. I want to add one more point to this vanvehu that I think is, is also in the, in the, in the meaning of this vanvehu. Um, the Pasik says, Zekelevan Veyu, I will beautify him, um, beautify him, beautify myself. Of all the things that we do for ourselves, a person eats because he likes eating, a person lays down because he, he's tired, because he enjoys laying in bed, etc., etc. Um, p- polishing up 
um, making oneself beautiful is always towards the other. In other words, it's not something that is, if I were living on a desert island, I would look a lot more schlumpy than I do now because who am I dressing up for? Who am I making myself up for? So yes, maybe there are a, a, a small school people that really have that innate need, but my feeling is that also comes because they're always naturally tuned to, to crowds or whatever it is. It's kind of, but the real the beauty is something that is a mechanism for connecting with the other. So the Zekeli van Vehu, the introduction of the concept of van Vehu, is a nivahu in beauty. In the sense that in veil meaning beauty, that then includes the nivahu as as part of that. This concept that we become connected to Hakadosh Baruch Hu becomes something that was. What was irritated Yivanim? There's some they were very against, and and that's and that's why they were they, they tried to breach it, and and we do the Is there a connection between Greek obsession with beauty and this idea of the unveil? Because he doesn't call it out directly, but it's I don't know. In, in other words, the unveil we're talking about here is Klape Hakadosh Baruch um, in other words, the idea that l- let's discuss. I just, maybe it's, it's a digression a minute, but I think it's also important. The Gemara learns van vehu um, w- w- two things. The Gemara learns from it. One is beautifying mitzvahs. That mitzvahs are need to be. It, it, it is a, a it is appropriate that one spends more money to do mitzvahs in a way that is more beautiful, a nicer menorah, a nicer little vinesrik, nicer tzitzis, etc., more mehuder. And then this, this concept of anveyu anivahu, mahu afata. The truth is, both of them come from the same idea. In other words, we can look at mitzvahs as something we're obligated to do because Hashem has authority over us and that's, that's the way it is. You've got to do what you're told to do. Okay, it, it's an approach. It, it, is, it, it, it has truth to it. I can do it for another reason. I can look at myself as wanting to perfect myself. I want to be a great person. How is a person a great person? So, you know, Somebody very crass will say if you have big muscles. Somebody will, else will say if you have a lot of money. Somebody else will say if you're a good person. But at the end of the day, it's self-centered. I want to be a good person, even if it's not so that people say nice things about me. But just so it means learning a lot. It means controlling yourself a lot, etc. But then there's something else. And that is, I want to form a connection. And that, so if a person does a mitzvah to be yotze, I'm doing what I was told to do, there's no way in the world that making more than I was told to do would be of any significance. Um, if a person does it because he wants to be considered fine and good, well, the Torah said that X amount of, uh, this, this means that you've done what Sitzes accomplishes. Vanveyu means I take something else into consideration. Um, I would say, imagine somebody is a chassan, 
and he goes into a jeweler's to buy a ring for his collar. And they ask, and the person asks him, what kind of ring would, would you like? The usual is, I want something that will make her the happiest in the world. I want the best you have. We'll talk about money later, but I want the best you have and so on. That's a fairly typical type. Imagine a guy comes in and he says, you know, I want the cheapest one that will not break the engagement. I, I want you know, what I need to do. So let's leave it there. It, it, it doesn't take much of a psychologist or shatran to say, you know, there's an issue here. We, we, we're, we're going to need, this is going to need some work over here. Because in that type of relationship, you know, a car, you can say, I, I want something that will get me from my house to my workplace and, and not run into problems. That's all I want. That's reasonable. But when you're talking about something where there's a connection with somebody else, that's highly unreasonable. The Greeks, you know, believed in great people, in big people. And, 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 and by the way, Aristotle was held in great esteem by Chachme Yisrael. They saw in him a person who had personal greatness. A brilliant, searching for Chachma, and, and in many ways, but... A, a, a totally barren. No, his world did not include a personal God. It included self and nothing more. That is the exact opposite of us. It's exact because Achashverosh with his feasting is not the exact opposite of us. It's 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 sort of off to a side. It's crass. It, we, we we don't that, that for somebody who's a real balnefesh has no no shaykh. But here you have yes, they, they believed in the word noble. What is the noble person? What is the virtuous person? What is what is a great person? Those the, the, the Greek philosophers were preoccupied with it. And many and it's fascinating. If you look at many of the early commentaries, they used they were they were very happy to use Aristotle's um, thoughts, um, let's call it, what's the right word for it, procedures, process, analysis, to be helpful. They they used it. They they felt that he was onto something. The one thing that they felt clearly was, it was self-centered. It included nothing of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And every so often they point out, this is why he made a terrible mistake in this and this and this. Because his version of, of the good and the perfect was the person himself, and, and that was that. So he says, the music of Kedusha and Klai Yisrael. So when we're talking about, when we're talking about um, uh, accomplishments, what, what does it mean that Klai Yisrael is different than, than, than a guy? I mean, if he's bright, he will understand as much as I will understand. It's, it's, what kind of prejudice is it to say that I'm smarter than him, or, or he's not going to understand if he puts in as much effort with as much uh, brain power as I have. But once it's coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's a different world. And therefore he says... Um, so he says, part the the key piece of the key piece of connecting Kadesh Baruch Hu is to allow a Kadesh Baruch Hu into your own world. There, there was a, a one of the one of the great Hasidic movements was called Kutsk. They were very, very extreme in many ways. They demanded a tremendous amount of self-analysis, tremendous amount of fidelity to Emes. 
it, it was an extraordinary movement that as, as such it's not around today Ger is sort of a branch of it and somebody asked the Kotzka Chassid tell me a point that Kotz makes uh, that, sh- will, that, that you feel is, is like the, a, core, a core value so he said let me ask you a question where does God exist? Says, what do you mean God exists everywhere? It says, in cuts they taught us God exists wherever you open a door and let him in. In other words, don't give me the stuff God exists everywhere. Of course he exists everywhere. What's that, what does that have to do with you? And, and the key point is, in as much as I am self-assured, smug, confident in myself, so do I really need a Kaddish Baruch does he really need? So, so there's no room for Kaddish Baruch Hu. Where Kaddish Baruch Hu exists, you know, as far as Kaddish Baruch Hu is concerned, is not really our business. What really is concerns us is um, where in my life can he exist. So the first piece that's important is what's called Siddish's firm Hisbatlus. I need to say to myself, I am here as a vehicle for the divine in terms of what am I going to do in this world, what's my mission, whatever it is, it's what do I think HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants of me. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will fill me with a divine spirit, will give me an understanding an stone. If I'm not interested in understanding HaKadosh Baruch Hu as such, so it's just like imagine you have a conversation with somebody, a, 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 a stranger, you sit down and you have a feeling that this person is making conversation with you because he needs to make conversation for whatever reason. How much of yourself are you going to willing to give over? Not much. If you feel the person has a real interest in you and the person really, really um, wants, uh, the, the person cares about you, it means something in him wants to understand me. I'd be very inclined to do it. I once spoke to somebody, I was trying to encourage somebody to see a, a, a professional of sorts, and the person resisted, and I told the person, you know, I'm not a professional, I, I can't really help you more than just a causal conversation, why don't you go to a professional? He said, I'm not interested in, to, he said, I'm not interested in speaking with somebody who's talking to me for the money. You know, but he was billing me by the hour of my tsaris are, are his parnasa. He doesn't care about me, but that. So it's a very exaggerated, you know, a, a, a good therapist is somebody who cares about other people. But I'm just giving you the flavor of it. So if a person doesn't care about Rabbi Shalom, it's either me or Rabbi Shalom. If, I'm, if it's about me, then it's about myself, and that's all it is. Then there's no room for someone else to come in. And that's why they would bow. Bowing is an action where I, um, I, I level myself. L- let's talk about this. He, he speaks about it later, and again, we're not going to have that much time, so I, I'd rather talk it out a bit. Um, a Kodesh Baruch Hu, he, he brings a Gemara later, and, and he, from the Svasemis. He, he brings the following. It says that if a person does not bow at modim, his spine turns into a snake after seven years of, after his death, after seven years, two gersos. That's what he brings over here. Um, and he explains it, Svasemis explains it. Akadosh Baruch Hu gave us, a, we're the only animal that walks ramrod straight, completely erect. The reason is, 
it's, it's, it's an expression of um, self-mastery, of, of, of standing independent. We, we, we say in, in Bersa Mazen, should bring us upright, standing upright to our country, you know, proud and head held high. It's a sense of declaring self. Bowing is submission. So if we're to ask ourselves what organ in the person's body expresses most the sense of self, it would be the spine. And the spine is that which is the person. As an independent being, as unbowed, as not, as not submitting to anyone. When we say modim, so we say all Shmona Esra. All of Shmona Esra is asking for something. And whenever you ask for something, there is a little bit of humility. Could you give me this? Could you give me this? So there is some humility. But to acknowledge, the word modem means thanks. The word modem also comes from the word hoida, which means admission. What do we do when we thank somebody? Why is it, you know, we, so yes, we prompt a kid, you didn't say thank you, you didn't say thank you, say thank you, say thank you, say thank you. What is it about thank you that's so important? So, so let's imagine um, I have a cheap pen, the, you know, uh, uh, 50 cent pen, uh, you know, kind of a 10 cent pen, whatever it is, and, and someone comes over and asks me, could I use it? I, I would certainly say yes, why not? Anybody would say yes. Once, twice, three times, fine. Imagine the person comes over and takes it without asking me. Once, twice, three times, he makes it a habit, he just takes it. Most everybody will get a bit annoyed and say, you'll sort of hint and say, you can take it if you want. The, the, the exchange there is, I don't mind, it doesn't cost anything, and I don't mind using it. But what I do mind is that you don't acknowledge my ownership. It's, you're making it yours. That's something that, 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 that I find very irritating. It, it, you're taking a piece of me and mine and make it yours. As long as you ask for it, saying thank you is an acknowledgement. It's, so imagine somebody gave me a wonderful idea and I used this idea for the share. So it's very nice. The person expects me minimally to say thank you. Because the one thing, it's fine, I'm glad you used it, but acknowledge it's mine. Taking something that's yours and, and, and taking it over is, is, so modem is an acknowledgement that the things that we strut around and, and sort of present as ourselves is really a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that's why bowing is, is what we do at Modim, because that's what bowing is. It's taking the, 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 the spine, which expresses the self, the confident self, the accomplished self, and acknowledges that really you're the one that's on top and I'm, and, and, and I'm being mishtachbe. That's what modem is. If a person doesn't bear out modem, we're not talking about the, the, um, the, 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 the laziness or forgetfulness. That, that's not, we're talking about, doesn't bear out modem means the person down deep does not have the sense of acknowledgement. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the psychological person who, you know, Hashem is, 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 is there, but it's something that's not the person. 
the, um, so then it says it becomes a snake. The snake was the animal that stood straight like a human, stood high like a human. And he came along, he invented the following mantra. He said, You don't have to be God's people. You can be God's colleague. You, you, you can share. You don't have to submit the, the Nachash was the and that's why he said to break the commandment. He said, breaking the commandment was don't tell me what to do. One of the reasons that we, we get, you know, if, if somebody tells us, especially parents, if they tell us what to do, what to do, what to do, what to do. So a little bit is laziness. We don't always want to do. But there's something else. What do you think I am? I mean, I'm, I'm your slave, I'm your servant, I'm at, I'm at your beck and call. What really irritates us more than anything else is the sense of, I am now submitting to your wishes. You want me to pick this, I want to do this, I want this, or this. That's where it becomes irritating. That's why a person would rather sort of be very smug and self-assured and, and sort of kind of... Uh, so even if he gives lip service, but he really doesn't feel that way. I, I want to share an experience of somebody, very difficult experience, but it, it left a profound impression on me. Many, many years ago, this was... I think this was before I'd come here. This was when I was living in Israel. I had an acquaintance, quite a from person, who made it very well in business. Really became extremely successful um, and had a lot of businesses going. He began to become extremely arrogant and smug. And um, he told somebody who worked for him, a common friend actually, you know, anybody could become wealthy if they really want to. If you're not wealthy, it's because you haven't put in what it takes and because you don't want to be wealthy. And it really was, was kind of. And he would give a lot of stuff, but it was done, you know, it was done like on Purim, there'd be a big parade of people coming, and he would, it, it fed into the worst parts of this person's personality. The person had very nice parts of himself, but, but had some difficult parts. Within three days, all of his business crashed. Something happened that triggered a whole avalanche of stuff, and everything was wiped out. He spent the next 20 years in courts with penniless, and um, really, as far as I know, this whole situation is, is very... I went to see him. I, I was on a trip to Israel, and I went to see this person. You know, this person was down, was crushed, was, was, was also became not well because of it. And he told me, he said, Aaron, you know, one good thing came out of this whole collapse. I finally realized there's a bunch of the world. And, and I was stunned. So this person was always very from many. We're not talking about the, the pro forma from stuff. We're talking about the inner recognition that is am, as something being channeled through me, or am I the accomplished person? It can be in, in money. It could be in, in other successes. And most important, it could be in knowledge and understanding. When a scientist approaches... I, Rev Salvatric has in his, in his introduction to the lonely man of faith an extraordinary description of the dichotomy between the scholar or scientist and the maimon. It's not about dinosaur bones, not about how old. That's nonsense. He said, those are not the important questions. He says, imagine you see this incredible mountain. 
there are two approaches. One is awe, and one is a desperate need to conquer it. Um, a, a, a non-religious person, I'm talking about the full sense of the word, when he sees something big, he says, I will conquer it because I am the master of the world. It takes me my whole life, but I'll conquer it, I'll understand it, I'll present it. I'm talking much deeper than just the covered and, 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 and it's because my world starts with me, centers around me, and, and, and everything else, all accomplishments are my accomplishments. A Maimon understands Akadish Baruch as the center of the world, and I become bigger when I allow more divine Chachma, Das, and, and so on to filter through me. So it requires two things. It requires the sense of humility, the sense of I am open, Hineni, and the sense of the way to, to acquire. Just being humble and sleeping is not going to do it. The person needs to um, the, the person needs to work to attain that knowledge. But understanding the knowledge is God's knowledge that He allows us to hook into. And becoming close to Kadish Baruch Hu. In Klal Yisrael's, um, in, in, when Klal Yisrael's picture of things is, is correct, then we, don't, we, we, we haven't had big Tetatimichachamim that were not big Yireel Kim. Klal Yisrael writes off people who might be very scholarly, but it, 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 they, there's no, they don't allow Rebbe into their world. So, let's just sum up. Um, what he's saying here is that Yavan and Klal Yisrael, on the face of it, are very similar. People that see wisdom and knowledge and understanding as being the supreme virtues of a person. And that seems to be very close to us. And yet, Yavan had it in for us. They broke through and they made 13... Um, breaches in this in the Chayel. The Chayel was the section where we said, from a certain point onwards, it's only for the people that are Hashem's. It's just like a house. There is an area that a person coming in off the street has a place, and then there's my, my private house, and only if you belong to my family do you have a place there. Um, Yavon saw greatness of man as being man-centered and therefore any type of idea that you can do something or be somebody where, where more knowledge will flow to you and make you big, big, bigger and better um, didn't exist Yavon that was, it was man-centered and therefore God was another object to study I can study and understand God, but just like a, 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 a kind of psychologist person who understands other people to manipulate them, I'm the outsider trying to um, trying to boss you around. I'm trying to get control over you. Klal Yisrael has a very different picture about this. Akadosh Baruch Hu is the center of it. Akadosh Baruch Hu is the fount of knowledge, understanding, and, and, and everything. Um, we the closer we draw to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the more we are of that. The, 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 the great man is great 
because he has shaped himself in a way that a Baruch can connect to him. It, it, it comes from a Baruch Hu. And therefore, with the places that the Yavanim broke through arrogantly, when I break the door down, it means I am evading your space because I'm going to master your space. The Klal Yisrael made his Tachavos. This is where Klal Yisrael bowed down and said to get in to the inner sanctum, you need to, you need to make yourself humble. You need to take the self of yourself and, and make it a platform for Kaddish Baruch Hu. And almost paradoxically, that's where you become a great person. Um, which is Hanukkah is, uh, is a time that deals with some very fundamental areas of Kal Yisrael and, and, and their essence and so on and Bezazim we should be to, uh, to, to to be able to have both parts of it, to understand how to humble ourselves to connect to Kach Baruch Hu and, and, and then fill ourselves with, with understanding and Chachma and Aura of Baruch Hu.